to the Hue You Know podcast, where we discuss all things relative to media and entertainment, all designed to support our career growth, from networking to breaking in the industry to climbing up these ranks, whether you're a newbie in the industry or a vet, this podcast is for you. I am Shirley Renee Williams. I'm your host, an EP director extraordinaire, uh, and I'm here today with one of my dearest and most beloved He's not a friend. He's a brother. Julito McCallum. Really? <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yes, and definitely, I think we've gone past friend at this point, and it's, it's yeah. absolutely family. So th- yeah. thank you for having me. And, you know, anytime you call, I, I come running. So there's, there's nothing new. And you sure do. You sure do. And for y'all that don't know, Julito is an actor, producer. He starred in hella films, television shows. 2004, he was the he was in the film The Wool Cap with William H. Macy of uh, G. And then next year, yeah. 2005, he booked his first TV miniseries, Miracle Boys, where he got to work with directors like Spike Lee, Nima Barnett, LeVar Burton. What? The following yeah. year... <laughs> he's being honored for something too, right? He's he's, he's Bill, supposed to be honored. Probably, okay. he should be. Long, it's, it's it's long overdue, but yeah, as Bill he should. Be, uh, is a legend, and Ernest Dickinson, who 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 uh, created and directed Juice. So like that that was Ooh. that was legendary. But sorry, I'm coming in Ooh. between it. Yes, come drop the gems. Add to the mm-hmm. heat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, he also was in A Killer in the Bee with Kiki Palmer. I'm obsessed with Kiki Palmer, and I'm obsessed with Lauren yeah. Fishburne. Um, <laughs> he starred in shows like Law and Order, Special Victims Unit. But what most people know Julito for is his famous role in the most critically acclaimed television series, The Wire. Um, yeah. And then to, to 20, 2019, he produced the film God Bless You, Welcome to the Hugh You Know podcast, Huli. Shirley, Shirley, again, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm so happy you're doing this. There's so many people who who deserve and and need your perspective on life and like in the industry and outside of it. So like, I'm I'm happy you're doing this, Shirley. Yeah, me and Hulito, I call him Huli because he's yeah. my brother, and I can call him that. Yeah. We family actually... only family calls me Huli. <laughs> We actually did not even meet through the industry. Me and Julito met through this program called Momentum Education. And Momentum Education is like a self-development program where there's these different tiers where you go through these different stages of learning about yourself and learning how to get to your what's next and break through and understand your blind spots and how to accomplish goals. And I remember when I, um, when I'm, Actually, Julito, people were telling me like, oh, there's a there's a guy from The Wire. There's a there's a dude. He, he started in The Wire. He started in The Wire. And I remember when I seen you, I recognized you because, right. the, I mean, so many times The Wire has been voted the number one best show to ever be on screen. So like if people see right. you, they're going to they gonna recognize you. Uh, right. And then when I got to talk to you and meet you, I was like. I, I didn't see any of that. Like immediately I com- connected with a beautiful human. You mm. you are so, your ability to coach people, to see people, you love people. 
And that's mm-hmm. that's all I saw. All I saw. Absolutely. And what were we staffing together? Like when we really got to start building our relationship? Yeah, I, I think I think it's when we started to coach together is when we started to really connect. We met prior, but I think when we started coaching together is when the, the instant com, uh, connection started. And it was it was it was natural. And same for you as a coach, as a person. What I always loved about what I love about you is how like relatable you are and how instantly people feel at home near you or like talking to you or being with you. Right. And, and I think that's where the, like the, the connection kind of started for me, but I know I, anybody that meets Shirley understands that's like, I don't know. It's just, I gotta be around this girl. Like I gotta, I gotta talk to her. I gotta, I, I, listen, I know your producers probably know this. There's people going to listen to this who know that, but like, that's how you are. And, and I'm like always so grateful to have known you and know you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, we could have a love fest all day. <laughs> <laughs> Holy. Yes. It's, wait. One of, our writer uh, posed a question about your name. Yeah. What is your stage name? So, okay. So, Julito's not my real name. Julito's not a name at all, but in the in the Hispanic culture, they give you a name. I'm sure the West Indian culture is similar, but like they give you a name and that's your name, and it can have nothing to do with your name at all. But this is just your name. And Julito uh, came about since you know I was younger. My I believe it was my pops. Uh, he passed when I was two, but I believe he was the one who named me Julito. And Julito was little Julio, and I think there was a Julio somewhere in his world in his life. And I guess he just nicknamed me Little Julio. But for me, so this is the truth, right? My real name is uh, is, is Uriel, but it's pronounced Uriel in the Hispanic culture. But growing up, I, I had long hair. I looked like a girl my entire life. So then with a name like Uriel, I'm like, I'm, it just was too girly for me as a kid. So I just went with Julito and it just stuck. And I just went, I doubt my name. And and I'm as an adult, I'm starting to understand and appreciate Uriel, uh, my you know my given name. But like Julito is just a name that just stuck. So it's kind of a stage name, but it's also just like a nickname that 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 lasted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that, Holy. Are you dating? I'm uh yeah yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. I'm like. I'm all over the place when it comes to like what I feel about relationships, to be honest. Like, I, I, I do enjoy being in one. I do think that I am better when I am in a relationship. I think we are born to be in relationships, right? Whether it's intimate or platonic, but I'm just like, I'm super like focused on making sure I don't put myself in things I've put myself in before. Right. So I've stayed in relationships out of complacency, out of just just the, like laziness, not wanting to go and ask somebody what their favorite color is, you know, and, and <laughs> over and over and over. So I'm at a point right now where I'm like, I just want to be happy. And however that looks, that's how that's what I want. So right now, I'm happy. As an actor, a, a very well-known actor do you this was not on my list but it just came up for me in a moment so I had to ask because also we're friends so I'm always curious about like what's happening in your life 
as as a well-known actor, do you do, is it challenging to date or to vet through and to see if somebody's actually interested in you for you or the perks? I think I think I, I kind of figured out how to m- m- navigate through that very early on in my life. I think I don't know whether it's like me being like empathic or I don't know what it is, but I just see through it. I'm very clairvoyant, right? I can see through things very easily, especially like people, if they're fake, if they want you for something, if they got ulterior motives, I I think I do a good job at like seeking through that. So I honestly don't have to deal with that. Um, But I also don't put that out there, right? I'm not out here like boasting and bragging and, and like, honestly, if you talk to me, you'll Unless you ask me about the industry or acting or my career, you probably will never hear me talk about it. And I think, so I'm not putting that in your face for you to kind of see that in me. I think I'm, I'm just like, a, I am a, 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 I don't want to say normal, right? But just, I'm an actor and then I'm a human. And then I, I find a way to, <laughs> to, to separate those two. And um yeah, so I'm, I don't I don't have to deal with that stuff. Like to be honest, I I don't. Um, but but it is a, a, I can see through it very easily. So I, I, if I see it early, I move on from it, and then I, I get that away from me. Yeah, Holy, Speaking of love, what's this love affair you got with the New York Knicks? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, Right, like yes, it's a sport team. Yes, it's basketball. I love basketball, all that. But yo, I started to because we're like that deep, right? And I'm a very deep person. I started to really like look into it, and I think what I learned rather recently is that the Knicks is the most consistent thing in my life, like ever, mm. like out of all things, right? Like mm. it's been in my life for almost thirty years. I've I've had I've gone through ups and downs with it. It's, it's consistent, right? So it's every year, no matter when, lose or draw, they still play 82 games. Like, it's just, a, like, the most consistent thing in my life. And I think because of that, it feels like, it, it makes me feel like I can, I can root for something. And, like, whether they win or lose, I'm just like, one day we're going to win a championship, and one day everything everybody said about us is going, we're going to be able to tell you, stick it to you, you know what I mean? Like, one day, and because of that, I think that's what makes me be like a Knicks fan, but it, it is it is it shows my my who I am, right? If I can be a Knicks fan, if I can root this team on that's given me nothing for thirty years, like that shows us I'm like a real one. You know what I mean? Like I'm a hundred. You know what I mean? Any if you ladies, if you want real love, fall in love with a Knicks fan. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> it shows you committed, you consistent, right? you loyal, yep. you gonna ride. Yep. I, I, I'm not in, I, I mean, I watch basketball sparingly, but one thing I look forward to when it comes to season is Huli, Huli boasting his passion, his love, him at games, his anger, he yeah. upset, his, he, him being yeah. hot, him being happy. I look forward yeah. to it. I look forward yeah. to it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's, let's dive into some, into like, Julito, the actor, like, Huli, you started as a child. Like, I always think about that. because Did I I ever tell you that I went to acting school? I studied acting for two years. I I think you did. Yeah, I think you did. I don't remember which school, but I I think you did tell me that. 
Yes, I went to the New York Conservatory of Dramatic Arts and I study on-camera acting, Meisner technique. And I always think about, because the industry is so, it's a lot. And I always think about like what my life could have been like if my parents had decided to take that route for me as a child or like what some of the children coming up in the industry now experience. Like what was it like for you being a child actor and how did you your mom was a big part of that right like how'd you get into it my mom was the everything honestly uh so i was like one of those kids growing up like in the projects in brooklyn that like you just knew he was different like you just knew he didn't fit in with like everyone else so my mom she's just a hustler you know a hustler from the from brooklyn and and just saw something in me and was like i'm going to do something with this kid he's gonna he's he's going to be successful at something so it started with like music it started with like i couldn't really sing so that didn't work so rapping a little bit here and there dancing but my mom was like okay he ha he, he 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 can dance but we gotta figure it out so my mother went through the yellow pages back in the day and found broadway dancing and um broadway dance center was like the start of my career we went to broadway dance center and i danced under uh rhapsody james who at the time still i'm sure she's doing amazing things but like at the time was choreographing for missy and Twee and all these huge people and i was taking her class consistently and that started that got me a few dance gigs and then I was the, I was the youngest uh, kid. I was the youngest. I was the only kid signed to the East Coast um, region of Block Agency, which was at the time like one of the biggest dance companies in the world. But they they didn't have kids on the East Coast because they didn't know how to like be with kids in the industry. Like LA, they're used to it. They know tutoring. They know yeah. what they got to do. They know all that stuff. In New yeah. York, they are very. It was very foreign to them. So I would I was signed, but I wasn't booking anything. So mm -hmm. my mom is, is getting her hustle on, was like, listen, we got to figure out another way. And thankfully at that time, a, a dancer we knew, he was like, yo, I got, I'm, an, I'm acting and I have an agent. I got a manager. Would y'all be interested in maybe, you know, having a meeting with them and just seeing if y'all want to get into like acting? And I went on that meeting with them, and the very next day they started sending me out on auditions, and I never danced Sick. again. Yeah, like literally, it happened like that, right? So, and, and I say all that to say, like that was my mom. Like I didn't see any of that for myself. I wasn't those kids as a as a as a young person, like watching fame and watching these movies and saying one day Sick. I want to. No, it was, it was none of that. It was straight nah. my mother's hustle and her her like love for entertainment. And seeing something in me that I didn't see myself, and uh, and, and it was tough, you know, it was tough, and it is continuously tough. But you know, I'm very grateful that like my mom chose this for me, and then in turn, I started to choose it for myself. Mm -hmm. What's your mother's name? Uh, Glennis, Gigi. Glennis, I'm about to do a a, a Noriega uh, Gigi. Uh, uh, give it up for Glennis. <laughs> give it up for Glennis, everybody. Yo, did you did you watch the Herb Gotti? Did you watch the Herb Gotti straight chance? Yeah. First of all, Drink Champs is my favorite podcast, second to this yeah. one. But like I love also, shout out to me. I just won um Ad Week's 
best podcast of the year, diversity and inclusion for, uh, yes, give it up to me. Let's give it up go. to me. Yes, not oh. this one, this other one called uh, More Than That, hosted by Gia Peppers, shameless plug. But so uh, did y'all, did you do anything professionally with the with the dance before you moved into acting? Yeah, yeah, I was dancing. I went on tour with Alicia Keys for a little bit. And um, yeah, I was doing a few things, but yo, know, the dance world is another world. Like it, it, it's, it's no joke over there. If, it, it was tough. It was tough because of, you know, like I told you about, you know, kids, them not knowing how to be with kids in that in, on, in New York. So it was, it was tough, but it's so funny, right? My very first, remember I said that I, I went to this meeting with this agent and this manager, and then they started sending me on auditions. The very first audition they sent me for was the movie Honey. And I don't know if you remember Honey. It was a dance movie, Jessica Alba. I loved Honey. Like, Love time. Yeah, I went on nine callbacks for that. So think about it. I'm a dancer already. I'm, I guess I was a good actor. I don't know. But like I, my very first acting audition is a dance movie. And I'm like, oh, this is perfect. Like I'm getting this. this is, nine callbacks. Met Jessica Alba, all of this for them to be like, um, yeah, we're going to we see this kid, Lil Romeo. And yeah, we're going we to go with Lil Romeo. And I was like, God. And it's so funny when you watch the movie the little Romeo character was supposed to be doing way more dancing. Like he was supposed to be mm. a complete, but little Romeo couldn't dance. So, uh, so, so they ended up switching things around and, and having him be, you know, less of a dancer or whatever. Harlem, he just Harlem shaked down though. But that was supposed to be like a real, like legit dance movie. And it, it, it was yeah. good, but it, yeah, they kind of watered it down to fit the needs of the cast. But it was, but that was the start for me. And that was the way I was like, okay, I'm, I'm maybe I can do this. But then my very my very next audition um, ended up being Miracle Boys, and that's where you know, and I booked that. So that's that's like the, I, if it wasn't for Honey, I wouldn't have got the drive to be like, you know what? Nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get one of these roles. Like, you know what I mean? It, it, yeah. it definitely, I I definitely I am grateful for not getting that role because it, it it gave me motivation for sure. How old were you when you got Miracle Boys? Oh man, I was uh, I was in ninth grade so 14 13 14 yeah well so, so this this is the thing i got the pilot of miracle boys first and that is when i was like 12. and then we shot the pilot didn't hear anything back for a year and a half and then when i was 13 going into 14 um that is when they said okay we're bringing it back it's going to be on the end network noggin um Spike is coming back and Spike shot the pilot. He's like, Spike is going to come back. His wife is producing it. Um, but they made us re-audition. So the three brothers, me, uh, myself, Poochall, and Sean Nelson, we were in the pilot and then they made us re-audition for the, when we did the series. And uh, yeah, that was nuts. But they ended up casting the same three guys again and then we shot the, uh, we shot the pilot. The, the, well, it was a miniseries, so we shot the miniseries when I was about 14. Were you ever scared? Like as a child going into these big rooms, auditioning for these big people for these big shows? No, that is, I don't, yo, I don't, it's like that, that, that kid, it's like how you can throw a kid in the pool and they are like, just learn how to swim. That's literally what it was for me. I, I was never, 
for me, you know, I came from the hood, like for real, for real. Like I came from the projects. I came from watching it back when you, you walk down, when you walk into your building, just in case somebody gonna be behind you or going to elevate. So when I walked into these audition rooms, I was like, this is, this ain't, this is nothing to me per se. Like, cause I've, I've survived the worst of the worst. This, what is this, this white man going to tell me about I mean, who I am as a person? Like, you can't do that. Like, what are you going to tell me? I'm not that good of an actor. Okay. I just started. I don't care. Right. Like, like nothing, no one really could tell me anything at that point because also I didn't understand the gravity of any of these roles or the job per se. I just knew, okay, one, this is a movie. This is a TV show. Cool. But I didn't, I didn't understand like, oh, this is life changing. This is like, honestly, when I'm in that auditions now, I ain't nervous, but I'm a little like, you're like jittery because I do understand the gravity of like what I do. But at 12, 13, hell no, I was just like, like I would go to these auditions and right after I would get on a train and come back to the projects and act like it never happened. And I, and I guess that's what helped me like, you know, book because it was it was this like fearlessness that I think you have to have in the industry because you know you're going up against thousands and thousands of people every job. There's no like there's no rejection like acting like like every you go on a job interview like twice three times sometimes a week and you're going against thousands of people every time and they're telling you no almost ninety percent of the time. But I think for me. It's it's the, that ten percent that that like that ten percent changes everything for you. That ten percent is what you strive for, and you know those that ten percent I got the yeses I've gotten have you know changed my life. So I'm I'm forever grateful. But um yeah, I I, I do think it is an extremely tough industry, a hundred percent. Holy, I feel like as an adult that that's the freedom that I'm I'm seeking to have that again, where. I, I look at my nieces and my nephews and you have children. So you, you've seen this and you, their, their ability to just to try anything, to say anything, to do anything. Right. And like, and I also try to preserve that in them and to encourage them and, and cr- create a, hold a space where they can, they can live that out as long as they can, because soon society is going to come and try to impose limitations and thoughts and ideas into their head. Right. But I'm like, dang, what do I have to do to get back to that? Like where you, it's like, I can walk in a room and I can give it my all, go for it and like, let it go. Right. Like I'm, I'm craving that right now. I try every day to like, to get a hold of that, that that's such freedom. Yeah, it is. Um, and I struggle with it. It's not a, it's a, like, it's not a easy task because like you said, the, the life starts to life, like we know. And, and then you put all these masks on, you put all these barriers on, all these protective kind of forces around yourself mm-hmm. to kind of like deal with it. And then before you know it, you're like jaded a little bit or then, or you, all these mechanisms to kind of like support yourself. But like finding that is a journey as an adult that like, it's tough. And sometimes you never find it. And sometimes you do. And sometimes it's, 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 it's up and down, but I think it's so freeing. And I, what, what I needed Cheryl's is like to be at peace again yeah. in order to find it. Yeah. Like when I found out, when I figured out, 
okay, my life is a little too rocky. My life is a little too all over the place to, to, to kind of be free at any point in anything that once that knowing kind of helped for me to then say, okay, figure that shit out. So then we can get back to this fearlessness because it it's like, you know, I know we, you've heard, we've heard it. Like the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. And if I'm over here unwilling to be like free in this area, it's Ooh. very, very under, I'm very understanding that I ain't free in somewhere. Some, somewhere. So if I'm cool, I may, I may be free in my career, but how am I unable to speak up in my relationships? Mm. Right. Or well, I may be free in my relationships, but in my career, I'm like just doing the bare minimum to get by. And it's like, it, yeah, it requires like fearlessness. It, it's there's well, there is no such thing as fearlessness. Number one, mm. there's going to, we're going to be afraid of something. Right. And that just means the stakes are high, but that like, I think I'm not fearless. I'm just, at peace. So I go in auditions and I'm like, whether I get it or not, I'm good. Like, I understand that like, I'm, I'm absolutely okay with getting this role or not getting this role. It doesn't, that's not going to do anything to my psyche. It's not going to do anything to who I am as a person. It's not going to diminish what I've had already, the successes I've had. It's not going to do anything but either at add or or i can learn from it and i think that peace that level of peace is something we should all strive for and and i know you have you have that in many areas right and it's i think it's just trying to find it in every area is kind of like where it's tough um but it's a journey man it's a, it's a life it's journey. life is a journey it's a journey and and sometimes it's a tough one but but it's you know it's beautiful so let me ask you this piggybacking off that because you are you are going to be helping you are about to help someone profoundly knowing what you know and having having auditioned so much and experienced so much within this industry how do you now deal with rejection oh man um i i, I don't act like it it's it's not a thing i think that is what helped me for a while i used to just be like who cares no, I do care. <laughs> and once I started to understand, like, okay, I care. Let's not fake it. I'm not going to keep faking it to make it. I, I'm going to actually feel my shit, understand it, but I don't let it, like, fester anymore. And I think that is what how I'm, like, truly able to deal with rejection. Like, I don't let it fester. I feel it, and then I move on. Yeah. And, and I think once you let it fester, it festers over into all areas of your life, and that is when the shit... It's, it starts to become like too much. And I think for a while, I think I, w I was letting it fester. Mm. I was, mm. I was, I was, I was thinking about these roles like for years and like it was weighing on me heavy. And like, so there was one instance where, so I did this pilot for HBO. It was called The Brick. Um, it was about Mike Tyson's life. It was going to be his story, but loosely based, but it was, it was Mike's story. Um, Spike Lee was going to, he was the director. Doug Ellen, who created Entourage, was the EP. He was the creator. Um, John Ridley, who wrote uh, 12 Years a Slave and got the Oscar. He was the writer. Like, this cast was nuts. It was John Boyega's first lead role in America. It was nuts. I was number two on the call sheet 
you know, I was one of the leads. So we shot this pilot. It was for HBO. I was like, yo, this is like while we're on set, they're like, yo, this they're talking like I'm in hair and makeup. They're like, yeah, they're talking Emmys for this, man. That's gonna be crazy. Like I knew what the script looked like. I knew how great the performances were. I'm like, this is this is out of here. Yeah. For them to be like, yeah, we're not gonna pick it up. We're not gonna follow through with it. And with HBO, it's not those HBO was HBO finances it and funds it. If they say no, it's over. Right? Like it's I'm I'm sure you know that. Like it's over. It's not okay, CBS doesn't want it. Let's move it over to NBC. No. Once HBO says no, it's over. We didn't shoot it during pilot season, any of that. It was this was a show. And then for some reason it didn't and they didn't continue it. But like I let that fester for a while. Oh wow. And I, I just had to look and just realize, like, I, I sat, Shirley, and I, and I started to look at my life at that time. This was, like, 2009. It's 10 years ago, so I'm, like, 22. And I'm sitting here like, yo, if I was making the money I was going to make off that project, if I was going to have that my career, like, skyrocket at that specific time, would I've been ready for it? And the answer is absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. Oh, absolutely not. Ooh. Absolutely not. Right? Like that—that that was God. I mean, I can only t- create my perspective over it. But like when I look back at it, yeah. speaking solely about me, Ooh. I wasn't ready. Ooh. I wasn't ready with what was going to come with that. That was going to be right, like em- Emmys, all that. Like once you're on the lead, the lead of a TV show, you're kind of like out of here. And that was I was gonna be one of the leads for like the run of the show, four, yeah. five, six seasons. Like I was out of here. I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. I wasn't. This is before momentum. This is before I knew who I was. This is before I started even real. Because there was a point where I was like, I didn't even know who Julito was. Like I had played characters for so long in my life, and no one ever asked like, "Yo, you I right? like Ooh. who are you?" What do you want? Like, I had never had those questions asked to me. And then I'm like, oh, oh, shit. I wasn't ready for that. Right. So like, but without the knowing that's in, this is all in hindsight. But like at that time, like for a few years, I let that shit fester. Oh, let it fester. But I'm so grateful that it didn't happen. I was not not, like it wouldn't have been like, um, it wouldn't. I don't think it would have been like bad for me, but I know I wouldn't have done what like if I got a huge project now. When I get a huge project now, what I know I'll do with that, like what I know what impact I'll 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 have with that, I'm so much more prepared, so much more prepared. So the answer to the question, I I I don't let rejection fester because it's just stepping, it's setting you up for whatever is whatever truly for you. You know what I mean? And, and it will happen when you need it to happen. You just said so much, yeah. and I did not intend for this conversation to go this way. I <laughs> clearly forgot who I asked to be a guest. Uh, I got to <laughs> dig a little bit more. because I, I just was yeah, talking please. to our intern, Devin, who's amazing. We, um, I started doing mentoring sessions with him. So today we had a mentoring session and Devin, I trust that, um, you won't be upset that I, that I share that you asked this question. He is, he's so talented and he's so eager 
to uh, to grow and to learn within this business. But one of the questions he asked me is like, Shirley, you know, how long will it take for me to get in? And then my brain just started to like go 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 go. Mm -hmm. What he and what I what I interpreted him to say or what I what I what I took on him to mean was like how long is it going to take for me to pop? Like how long is it, how long will it be mm -hmm. before me to see success? And it's holy, everything you just said, we have to be ready yeah. to hold it. So many of us, right. Are, I was listening to Gary V talk about, uh, in a podcast mm -hmm. today, talk about how our generation millennials and Gen Zers are so impatient, right? Where we want it now. We want it now when some of us can't, hold hold it right now what god has for us the vision the vastness of it the, the the how big it is some of us we are just not ready and we get to take this time to prepare ourselves so for actors out there right where they're like they're looking for their next big break they're looking for a next big lead role like what can they do right now to ready and to prep themselves so that when it comes they can hold it. They can receive it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think you know if I can answer that question for Devin, right? That shouldn't even be the question. The question could be, what impact? By when will I have an impact on the on the world? And when you and when that's the question, if that's the question, you can start that now. Now, you don't need you don't need to pop. You don't need a job to have you have the impact you're looking for. And, uh, you know, Shirley, we learned this, right? You think of, number one, what impact you would like to have on the, on the planet. Yeah. And then after that is you, it may, the mechanism doesn't matter anymore. anymore. The, the, the navigation to that impact won't matter. Mm -hmm. It may be acting, right? It may be what I, it may be. And I'm not like diminishing the need for people to get their creative shit out. Like, do that. Like, if acting is your shit, please do it. Yes. Do it every day. But if, if if the impact is to, let's say, I want, like, black and brown people, young people to, to, to like, believe in themselves. Mm. You don't need acting to get you there. <laughs> you don't need, you don't need acting to be the source yeah. of that impact. Yeah. Go just start impacting people, man. And I think that's what was so beautiful about, like, when my mind started to shift, it was mm -hmm. like, back to your rejection question, like, once I started to see that, like, I can do other shit on the planet that can, like, be in alignment with my impact, now for a person, a casting director to say no to me for a job, it no longer held weight on me. Because I'm like, yo, I'm impacted every day. I'm impacted every day. Acting is cool and it's fun and I love it and I enjoy it. But like my true impact is yes. having young people see that they matter. Ooh. So because of that, I can go do some other shit and they gonna feel like regardless, they may feel it through a project, they may feel it through a movie or a film, uh, a film or a television show, or they just may feel it from me going and, and like talking to the schools and, 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 and going and talking to the, you know, the high schoolers and like giving them my experience and sharing my story. And when I walk out of there, I remember I did this acting class in the, in the school before. It was so profound. Oh, my God. And this young woman said to me, she was like, oh, so it's, she said to me, Shirley, she said, 
Because while I was teaching the class, right, I said, if you if you don't feel that you matter, right, as, as an actor, if you don't feel like what you're saying matters, it won't come off as effectively, right? Something in that world, I said. And the young girl for me, she said, she was like 11. She said, what if you don't feel like you matter? Mm-hmm. And it broke my heart and it broke my heart. And I looked that girl in her face and I said, you matter. Yo, you're important. Like you and, and and she and she wasn't hearing me, but I gave her a hug and I this was years ago and I prayed that she she like let that into her system, right? Like I prayed she was able to understand that. But for me, like and years later, a friend of mine wrote me, the guy who got me to be in the in the school to, to come in his school, principal of the school, and he was like, Yo, man, I'm still like years later so affected by that. And those kids talked about you for years after that. And and that is my impact. Mm. That's it. That's, That's it. it. I, yeah, mm. I, I do want to be in like a, a big blockbuster movie star. I do want that. Yeah. But that is the impact I'm trying to have. Jesus. And I did that from just knowing a guy who worked at a school. Mm. And he let me come in, and I didn't even know. I never, never taught an acting class, but I just went in there and just did some exercises I learned before. But that moment mm. is what I do this for. So therefore, that is my impact. That's what I'm trying to do. That is popping to me. That's being successful to me. And that is like, as a young actor, have something, have have a, a true understanding of what your impact is going to be. And then understand that it may not be acting. And if it is, like, that's excellent. But go and just go, go, go and inspire somebody right now. And yeah. you don't need an acting class. Or you don't need... Um, a, a casting director to say you get the job for you to go and do that. Right. But that's a part of Huli. That's a part of people, actors, producers, directors, whatever your creative uh, passion or outlet may be. That's a part of you understanding your why, what, like what, what fuels you, what drives you? Why do you care? Why must you make, why must you make art? Like you made, you made the impact so much larger than yourself. You you made it about the world. You made it about the planet. And so you didn't assign value to if you got a job or not. You assign value to if I'm out here changing lives and making people feel like they matter. I love that. Absolutely. I love that. I t- Absolutely. I t- I, 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 See, this is what I, I love him. <laughs> speaking, of, <laughs> speaking of acting classes, Huli, do you take acting classes? So I'm I've not like officially and consistently taken an acting class ever, but I have went and and, and studied under some people. Have, but yeah, I've never like been in an acting class for months and months and months. No, and I didn't. I didn't. I had never even been in an acting class until maybe like four years ago. And I've been acting for like close to seventeen years. Yeah, yeah. I don't. So listen, man. But but this is the thing. This is the thing. My acting, my like, the very first job I got, my directors were Spike Lee, Bill Duke, Nima Barnett, Ernest Dickinson, and LeVar Burton. That was my very first job. I spent six weeks with some of the best directors of all time, right? Then like so so I I haven't taken an acting class, but I my I studied under Spike Lee. Like you know what I mean? It's like if. There's no better 
acting class than working with like a director that like is on a whole nother level, right? So every day was an acting class for me. I had on set experience. Um, yeah, but, but nah, I, we we couldn't afford no acting class when I when I first. Yeah, you know, we couldn't afford that shit. There was no YouTube. There was none of that stuff, right? So, like, we just not taking that. And then I started auditioning so much that I didn't even have time. But I, And I'm not against it at all. Please take the class and study. I do study. I, I've studied the Meisner technique. I've studied the – I've read every book Greta Gertwig. Like, I've, I read all yeah. this shit. But yeah. I have not, like, consistently been in a class yeah, I was gonna ask you. Do you recommend actors, uh, young actors, uh, even if they if they don't have budget budgets, like to take classes, to look at read books, or to watch things on YouTube? How to how how to perfect your craft? Absolutely, I, I you have to you have to always study and learn and and like figure out new ways to understand whatever craft you want like every day like you know like the people is so they don't understand that like youtube university was not a thing 15 years ago like you couldn't just go on youtube put anybody's acting class in and something popped up no right. like there was no like all they had was maybe inside the actors inside the actor studio and that was if you caught it on pbs randomly at like two in the morning like there was none of this stuff like you have so much to your disposal for free now that like you have to take advantage of it have to um i, I just did this show it's called inside the black boxes it's, it's like a black version of oh that's not inside crackle? The, the studio you crackle yeah 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 I just yeah, did, yeah. Uh, yeah i'm a guest on a new season that starts uh, Stop. and yeah, it's so good. It's so good. So you, so you, have you seen it? Yeah, I actually just, um, I'm, I'm gonna be working with Chicken Soup for the Soul, which is a partner, or either they own Crackle or Crackle owns them on a project. So, mm -hmm. uh, me and, uh, me and like the head of that, that we were while we were talking about this project, he was tell, telling me about mm -hmm. the box and all that other stuff. So yeah, I'm very it's familiar so with it. It's, it's so dope. It's, it's really good. So good. If you're a young actor, please go and watch Inside the Black Box season one. They have Felicia Rashad. Mm -hmm. They had Raven Simone. They had um, so many, so many like brilliant people. And then they had casting directors come on. Then they had EPs. My boy Marquand, he EPs for uh, Godfather of Harlem right now. He's on there as a guest on one episode. Like there, there is so many gems in that. So much. Then they, but it's so ill because they let the someone from the audience come up and do like a cold reading or improv, and they'll let the guests kind of critique them. Um, it's 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 so good. There's stuff like that. Yeah. Like I didn't have. I did not have when I first started acting. I'm grateful I had onset experience, but like with, with what everyone has now to the to the and like the tip of their fingers, there's no way you shouldn't be studying at least like 30 minutes a day. At least thirty minutes a day. If you, especially if you're a young actor, mm -hmm. go and watch every film you possibly like. One of the greatest gifts I ever got, an ex girlfriend from back in the day, she bought me every single Denzel movie up to that point on DVD. And I, that is like, go and watch your actors, man. Go yeah. watch the actors you want to be, the act, the type of films you want to be in. Go and watch that stuff, man, and study it. And 
you know, take it back to DVD days where they had the making of the movies on it. That's an acting class. Yeah. That's an acting class. Those back in the those DVD, go find the DVDs. It's probably even on YouTube where they would teach you how to like, how they created the film or how that lead actor got into character and, and created that character. And all of that is acting classes, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you you may not have the $400 a week, $300 a week, but you, but you, most of us got smartphones and that means you got YouTube. So, you know, start to study, study. Do you have a favorite actor? Yeah, of course, Denzel. Hey. Of course, Denzel. I, I have a lot though. I, I I like a lot of people, but Denzel's number one. But like, you know, I, I was it was the other day. I just it's, I was talking to a friend, and she 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 was watching a killing the bee, and I, it made me realize like one of my favorite actress actors of all time is Angela Bassett. And it just hit me like, yo, Angela Bassett played my mother before. And I'm like, that's still like, that was 10 years ago, but I still pinched myself and like, damn. Like Angela Bassett is one of the greatest actresses of all time, actors of all time. And like, she played my mom one, you know, in a, in a film. And that's like, crazy. a lot of people can't say that. What? A lot of people can't say that. What? So, I, Angela yeah. Bassett was the reason I got into entertainment. I saw, I was a little girl, wow. I saw, I saw Tina, I was sitting in front of the TV watching um, What's Love Got to Do With It, crying. And my mother was like, girl, that's not real. That's a show. And I was, because I was like, this is awful. Yeah. I'm a little girl. Yeah. And my, my mom was like, that's not real. That's an actress. And I was like, who is that? And my mother was like, her name is Angela Bassett and she's playing Tina Turner. And I was like, mind blown. And I was like, I want to do what she's doing. I want to do what she, yeah. like, so then I started studying yeah. her. I was like, oh, she's yeah. so fun. Like, what is it like working with Angela Bassett? What is it like to have that? Oh, like, be, oh, oh my gosh. Angela was one of the best, you know, one of the best. So dope. This is how dope Angela Bassett is, right? So this, I was going through puberty at the time. I'm like 15. Um, she got me her personal dermatologist in New York. We were shooting in LA. She got me her personal dermatologist in New York to like look at my skin and, and like you know take care of me. Like that's how that, that's Angela Bassett. That's what she does, right? She's a mother. She's a uh, her spirit is like unlike anybody I've ever met, and she cares. So like the human is one person, and then her as an actress, she's she's a beast, right? Like she's just she's so on point, so in tune. Uh, I had a really, really dope scene with her where she's like cursing me out because the cops came and all of yeah. this. And like, but she's like, that scene is so intense. And so, and when we shot it, it was like, it was like, that was my acting classes. Uh-huh. You know what I mean, that was my, that was my first film I had ever done. And like, yeah. to have Angela be like your scene partner, like, come on, man. Come on, man. Like, Bruh, she, she's a beast. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Hooli, yeah. what's like, what, what, oh wait, before I ask you this question, I'm obsessed with Kiki Palmer. What is your favorite yeah. thing about <laughs> Kiki? Oh my God, there's so many. There's so many. Uh, Kiki is like a dear, dear friend of mine. We've done like five projects together now at this point. I knew her when she, it was the very first moment I walked on set of, Kill, of the wall cap. We did the wall cap first together. Very first moment I walked on set and I was like, this girl's a star. She's going to be out of here. 30 years from now, we're going to be talking about her. And look at this, right? 20 years, we're still talking about her. She's actually now, like, bigger than she was then. Yeah. Which is nuts to me. Like, she's been 
right? Like, but the best thing, she is the funniest person you will ever meet in your life. <laughs> she is the funniest person you'll ever meet. She has a spirit. Like, I, she was like a grown woman at like nine years old. Like, she was like, she was in, intuitive. She gave wisdom. You know, like, they, you, Kiki is one of the best people ever. And she shows me love, like, un, unlike any, like, unlike anything. Like, she, mm-hmm. she will make sure, she will go out her way if she sees me on a red carpet or anywhere. Like, she will go out her way to show me love. And you don't get that often from, like, people who make it or who yeah. are on that level. You don't get people who will make sure they, like, and I, I, don't, I don't, like, need it, right? Like, she's right. Kiki Palmer. I don't please go and be a superstar. But yeah. like for her to always make sure she like snaps back into it. And it's like, it's it's like from the day we were on the set of Killing the Bee and she was annoying the shit out of me. And like, I was like, it, it, we get right back into it, yeah. right back into it. And yeah. she is, I'm so happy for her. Like I can't wait. I haven't seen Nope yet, but I can't wait to, to see that. And I know she's killing it. Number one movie in the world. Like, she deserves it. There's nobody on the planet that I think deserves what she's getting more than her. Like, she's that special of a person. And I'm not saying that. I say that to her. I say that when she's not watching. I, I say it on podcast. I say it every time. Kiki Palmer is a superstar and, a, and an even better person. Yeah. Holy, do you have a dream role? Oh, man. I don't know. I don't know anymore. I, I did. I used to have one. I used to have. I wanted to play Ice Cube in a movie for a long time. I could see that. So then I, I did Yeah, I did I didn't get that. Of course his son got it. So after that I was like, I don't know. I, I wanna be in a film about basketball. Okay. I don't know what I don't know. Like my favorite films ever were like Coach Carter and um Remember the Titans and like that type of stuff. Like those were my sport movies are my my, my jam. So okay. I, if I could be in a movie about like inner city kids or inner city person playing ball, that's that's a dream. Okay. 100%. Noted. Noted. Yeah. Uh, okay. Write it. Write it, Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got, you can give me a few more minutes. I got a few more questions. You know what? Please don't ask me that again. Okay. We're going until you stop talking. Okay. Okay. I want to get into, into the wire. Like, yeah. I, to this day, my my top top two shows I've ever seen in life, The Wire and Breaking Bad, and The Wire tops yeah. it. Like, okay, okay. Like, uh, just uh, I could go on and on and on and on. And I know you hear that all the time. And y'all just yeah. y'all just had like the 20, 20th year anniversary. 20, 20 year anniversary. Yeah, yeah. Twenty years since the very first episode aired. Um, yeah, it's, no, it's crazy. You, what's so crazy to me, Shirley, is like, I I don't, like, sometimes I don't, it doesn't hit me that, like, I was in one of the greatest shows ever, but it will when I, in moments like this, where it's like, we don't be celebrating 20 years of shows that often. Mm. Like, there's a lot of, there's been a lot of shows on the planet. And how often do you see like this whole big thing about a 20 year anniversary? You don't see that often. Um, so I'm, I'm like, that's when it, it'll hit me. Like, oh, the wire was no joke. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's one thing to say a show was good, but to be considered the best ever, that's, the best. that's, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't take that for granted at all. 
That's yeah. wild. Like, what was yeah. that? If you could sum up that experience, what's some words you would assign to that? <clears throat> oh, man, that's a good question. Um, just just history. I don't know. History. Um, not, okay, that's Julito as an adult. Julito in it, fun, um, traumatic. <laughs> uh, it's Tra- funny, like when traumatic I was or dramatic? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Both, but traumatic. Well, yeah, it was when I was a kid, man, I was shooting that show when I was 15. Yeah. I was coming back. I was living in Baltimore for a year. I was coming home every weekend because my family was still in the project. So I would, I couldn't stay in the weekend in Baltimore because my old, my brother was watching my little brother. He was only like 17. He was watching my little brother throughout the week. So we had to come back every weekend because my mom had to come and be a mother. Um, right. It was tough. That's one of some of the toughest times of my life. Like it's so much so that it's hard for me to watch The Wire because like I didn't grow up with a whole lot of like photo albums and yeah. the, and like all these pictures and home videos. So my my jobs, my my acting jobs are like my like photo albums, right? They're like my history. So when I see like that kid at fifteen, it's it's so tough. It's I, I I've only watched it in its entirety maybe like three times, twice in ten years, fifteen years. Um, it's tough, yeah, but. And, and also, we didn't understand what we were doing. Like we were, for me, that was like a, a, a like a vacation, a summer away from like the the shit that was my life at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we didn't know we were like doing not just one of the greatest shows ever, but the greatest season of the greatest show ever. Yeah. We didn't understand that. Yeah, we didn't understand that at all. We was like just being kids and having fun and 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 like just being little crazy kids on the set with all these because you know this show they weren't used to kids like they every right. day they're they're, they're them for three years at that point they had adults all through the show then all of a sudden these four kids from the hood are on the show and they gotta like accommodate to four four inner city kids it was tough for them too i can imagine but we had a blast and it it, it was like life changing, a life changing year for me doing that show that season. But we 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 had absolutely no idea it would be talked about in the way it's talked about now. None, none at all. What was it like working with Robert Chu? He was the greatest teacher that I had up until that point, like mm-hmm. at, at that point in my life. Um, because what y'all see in season four with the four kids. Robert Chu was the person who, who, who kind of illuminated that in us because so Robert Chu, he played proposition Joe on the show, but he also was in Baltimore. You know, he was also like one of the best acting coaches out there for inner city kids. So once we got these four kids got the role, he was kind of assigned to be like our acting coach and like kind of help us find these characters and like figure it out. And, he and, and like it was so that was the very first time like outside of my mom where I had an actual real acting coach helping me but because of like how deep that he was it was way more than an acting moment like it was it, he was teaching us life while he was teaching us these characters and um we I, I absolutely owe my performance to him 
Like I, I, I owe him that performance. Like he, if without him, Neymar wouldn't have given the performance he like. Julito wouldn't have given the performance he gave. You know, so I'm, I'm so grateful for him. And God rest his soul. He passed away a few years ago, but he, he definitely was the, uh, a huge catalyst in creating what you saw in season four. Yeah. Speaking of your uh, character, Naaman, you posted a picture of you and your TV dad. Why? Why was people yeah. so upset? Because it went viral, right? This photo <laughs> went viral. Yeah, why was it people did. so hot? Yeah, it did. Well, you know, people are still stuck on the fact that Naaman. This is the thing: when when your show is good, people will not let it go. Ever, you will be the character you are for the rest of your life, and I think. With Naaman, because he was so, he was so like loud and gaudy and, bo- and boisterous and all these, you know, all these things. And then his father was this guy who was this cold-blooded killer. They were like, they, they separated and they they always got their way to kind of separate that. And I, I said it a few times recently and, and I'm going to say it here again, right? There were, we have to understand that Naaman was a 15-year-old kid. No, excuse me. I was 15, Julito. Naaman, was, I was playing a 14-year-old kid, 13-year-old kid, right? So when people say, yo, Naaman should have been the one that died. Naaman should have been this. Naaman, Naaman shouldn't have made it. Damn, that's crazy. We got to understand that we're saying a 13-year-old kid should have died, mm-hmm. right? And how often do we put these kind of gangster personalities or these gangster physiques onto children yeah and yes entertainment yes tv but is it right like is, is it like how often do we see kids in the street like he ain't tough like his daddy he ain't but but why why should he be tough like his daddy right if you look at naming i mean we made the character says it the father says it like look at me in here this is what tough got me yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, okay, it's one thing to have a code and to be a man and all of these things they make up, but like, also this kid is thirteen and he's still trying to figure himself out. He still don't know who he is, yeah. amongst adults who don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. So it's just so interesting when I post these pictures and people yeah, it goes viral. So that means more people than like that people who actually follow me they see this stuff and they're like, yo, Naaman was a punk. Naaman was pussy. Yeah, but Naaman was thirteen. Yeah, and 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 Naaman also didn't have much support besides his mother, who only really cared about him going to do drugs. Did he have men around him showing him the way? Did he have? Was he was he able to go and de- like defend himself when he wanted to? Because what maybe people stood up for him all the time. So was he able to learn how to defend himself? Yeah. Was he was the, or maybe was he allowed to ever just be a kid? So he had to exude other shit on top of to, to cover up the fact that he wanted to just be a kid, yeah. right? Like, we don't look at these things enough. And I, and I think, mm. under yes, entertainment, so I try not to go too hard, but at the same time, it's like, Naaman was a kid, right? Yeah. Cut some slack. And I, 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 I said it on the black box, funny, and it's the first time I'm realizing it in myself, surely, like, I try so hard to protect Naaman. Like, I try, me as a grown adult Julito, I try so hard to protect him because it's like, in turn, I'm protecting that 13-year-old kid that's in Baltimore right now that's being called a punk. You know what I mean? And, like, 
that that twelve year old kid that's in Brooklyn right now, growing up in the projects, that got to be out there hustling and being extra tough. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I be trying to protect them so much. So like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna forever protect Naaman because none of those four kids deserved it. None of them. None, even though Naaman made it, he didn't deserve what he had for thirteen years leading up to that. None of them did. So you know, it's it's, it's all good though. Mm-hmm. What was it like working with uh, the late great Michael K. Williams? Yeah, Mike, Mike. Um, Mike is, he was such a special person, you know, from Brooklyn. Um, he was, he was one of the most beautiful, like, artists I had ever met in my life because he was so different from his character. Like, he was so different from his character. Therefore, like, he was able to shine some, put so much love and spirit into that character because Michael came from all of these things. He may not have been, like, a, you know, robbing drug dealers, but Michael came from struggle. He came from heartache. So he was able to bring that, char- that like, his truth into every character he played. And I think yeah. he it, it showed so, like, in such a spiritual and kind of, like, like, just a... It's such a spiritual way. That's the word I can think of. It's such a spiritual way because he was a spiritual person. And and Mike, man, he meant so much to me, man. I made sure that, like, I went and drove three hours to his wake just so I could mm-hmm. pay my respects because, you know, like, Mike, you know, Mike, he had a lot of pain. He had a lot of pain. And, and he he suffered. He did. He suffered, man. He was He suffered. And... You know, I'm grateful that he was able to give what he gave to the world and that he's able to be at peace, you know, and, and, and yeah. you know, for that, I'm grateful that we had Mike. I'm grateful. Why do you think so many artists suffer? So I feel like that's, it's almost like this, this uh, innate association, like artistry with suffering. Like, wh- why do you think so many artists experience suffering? Yeah, I said uh, probably one of the best questions I was ever asked in my life. Um, I'm not being dramatic. That is a very, very good question. Um, I think it's because we, as artists, we you have to experience true heartache, pain, love, joy, all of it in order to put it into something else. Right, whether you're a writer, an actor, a musician, whatever it is, you have to have experience, pain, love, joy, and all in between, in order to give it to 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 put it into something else. Like for me as an actor, I know that my struggle allows me to to breathe life into a character because I'm I'm truly here to speak voice into the voiceless. And because of that, I have to experience those those heartaches and those pains. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's it's like comedians who, like, most comedians are very, like, dark people in their real life. And that's because yeah. they don't want you to experience what they experienced. Mm-hmm. So the deeper they get and the darker they get, unfortunately, the, the more creative they are. Because they don't want you to experience what they're experiencing. They don't want you to actually understand the level of pain they feel, so they're gonna do work their hardest and strive their hardest and go and like create the most so that you don't experience that pain. And I think um, it's sad. It's like it's like it's, it's it's 
like really sad when you think of it, but also it's beautiful because, you know, without pain, how can we have love? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I, as an artist, I have to work very, very hard to uh, be able to contain feelings and uh, manage them responsibly because I feel mm -hmm. everything so deeply. And like what you're yes. saying, to be able to translate it or transform it into something else. Like, I think that's one of the reasons why I'm such a profound storyteller. Like I know yeah. what to, absolutely what to add and what to, what to what to use and what to give in order to provoke a certain type of feeling in the in the human experiencing the story but like do you, is is there any tips that anything that you do to i don't want to say like minimize suffering but like to protect yourself so that you can move responsibly in the world while still being true to your artistry? Um, I'm, I'm still a work in progress in that area, 100%. Mm. I, th I think what I do though, I think what the greatest tool I've ever gotten was to, to actually understand your suffering. <laughs> I, it's like the knowing of things, right? Like yeah. we so often choose to like disregard it and then that makes it worse. Like mm. I'm like when I, and yo, I connected so much when you said, like, I feel everything. Like, I feel everything. everything. And sometimes everything. it's a lot. Ooh. It's a lot. It may be a lot for people that are around me. That are, I feel everything. Yeah. Everything. All the time. But that is the gift. I feel it. There's so mm -hmm. many people out here that don't feel anything. Or they may not. Or they, they like, mask it and shield it yeah. so much that they don't feel anything. Yeah. And then before you know it, they're like, they got all of this pounded on onto them, and then they they explode because it's this they've never truly felt it or let it in. And right. I think for me, that's what helps me get through is that I feel it. I don't act like it didn't happen. I don't I don't try to like minimize my feelings. Yeah. I understand my feelings so that I can I can I can go through it. Yeah, yeah that that's what helps me at least. Let's pivot a little bit into like producing. Do you like it? I I don't like doing the in the trenches day to day. I like the top level producing, but like yes, I, I like the creation. The, that like I like I like the on set like well let's get it done part. All the other shit I'm not. I don't know. No, I don't know. It's it's tough for me. I but I I do enjoy seeing like a thought going to a page. Yeah the creation of it and then the world experience and i love that yeah yeah but the actual like work that re it requires i'm too much like of an artist to like enjoy mm -hmm. this shit but yeah. but like you know it is a <laughs> anything coming down the pipeline that you're producing um yeah so i wrote these uh this pilot i think we talked about it i wrote the pilot it's called change it's this the series that i just really that's like my baby so one day like I'm taking my time with it because I want it. Yeah. Be, I want it to be done well. I want it to be. I want it to be produced well. I want the right people behind it. But like that's a project that I'm really like. I want that to really get out there because um, it's a story about like what we really go through in this industry, like and how like how like all this conversation, all this shit, 
is in the show because artists go through shit, like especially in the entertainment industry, trying to figure out how to be an actor, trying to, you know, trying to navigate all this stuff. But you know, Entourage is one of my favorite shows, and I love, I love that. And for me though, watching Entourage, I was like, yeah, it's it's this movie star, and and seeing his experience, and it's beautiful. Also. I want to see people of color in the industry and what they experience on a day-to-day basis. I want to see when you ain't a movie star, when you don't got millions of dollars, and when that, when your show is not based on you being in a mansion all day, like being like I want to experience people who you, I want people to see the experience of someone being famous and broke. Yeah, because <laughs> right? that's like, very real. Have, that's more common than being famous and rich. Come on now, come on now. Like especially in this clout generation we in, right? Like I want I want people to truly see the truth. Julito. What people they be to. broke, Julito. Broke. Frontin' <laughs> on Instagram. They be broke. Okay. They be broke. But go they ahead. Be you struggling. Want... <laughs> they be struggling. No, I you know, we talk about this shit all the time. So yes, they be they be frontin'. Um but I want people to experience that shit, like, hit, hit, see the real, right? So, like, change is that for me. Change that show is, is that for me. And then I also wrote a film about my mom's life, about essentially my life, but mainly my mom's story of how she met my dad. And, yeah, and it's called The Brooklyn Tale. So that's a feature film. That's one that I'm also really, like, that's also another part of, like, my baby. It's like, it's, it's and those, it's so interesting. Those things came from me being a, a struggling artist and being like, something got to give. So I started writing out of nowhere and I just yeah. started, and it became a thing, you know? And, and I'm like so happy for the struggle because it taught me other hustles, you know? And mm-hmm. so those two projects are two that I'm a hundred percent like really, really like, just like those are passion projects for me. And then, you know, some other stuff I'm working on, but like, um, I just shot this film called Story Ave, which is, Fires and it, the the cast is like phenomenal. Uh, Louis Guzman is in it. Um, Asante Black from When They See Us. Uh, Alex Hibbert from The Shy. Um, that cast is it. Melvin Gregg uh, from Snowfall. That cast is nuts. Cassandra Freeman from Bel Air. Like the cast is crazy. So we just shot that. Um, so that'll be out sometime early next year and. Uh, shot this joint in Puerto Rico called Aurora. I said uh, another indie joint with a great cast. Um, so I just been I've been working, man, just working and 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 you know just th- throwing shit at the wall and hoping it sticks and, and hopefully it'll stick soon. Yeah. You working? I love it. You work and you DJ. Yeah, yeah, DJing. I think I'm a DJ tonight. Um, uh, DJing that that's been like. Music is my heart. Like, music is really, really, like, a, a real love of mine. And DJing has been allowing me to really, like, be in love in a different way with, with music. And then lately I've been back in the studio. So, like, just messing with a few things. You know, one day, hopefully, like, this in this lifetime, I'll put out music. But, like, yeah, I've been doing music so long, and I've probably put out maybe, like, four or five songs like in 20 years which is nuts but i'm such a perfectionist when it comes to music because i love it so much um but maybe one day i'll put something out but just like getting back into things i like to do and things i love to do and 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 not feeling like pressure to do anything 
that's what's been yeah. really like helping me. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think causes that pressure? This is my last question. I was talking with, um, yeah, I was talking with one of the EPs from um, Amy from Insecure, and I asked her a question about pressure. I'm like, uh, you just came off an iconic show, like one of the biggest shows for the culture of our generation. Like, you know, does that come with pressure? And she's like, yeah. And then like you were on the most, like the biggest number one show that people who've experienced television period have watched. Like, does that create a pressure for you to like, got to get the next gig, got to get the next thing. Am I, am I it got to be popping. I got, you know, is there a pressure that comes along with that? And if so, how do you deal with it? Yeah, I think for me, the pressure is, is not necessarily like got to get the next thing. For me, it's like got to get good work. Like when you, that's the, that's the pressure behind being, doing good work. Is that you want to keep doing good work and you pray that like, you do stuff that stands the test of time or, or the pressure of feeling like I want to do something else that 20 years from now we're going to be celebrating the 20 year anniversary. Like yeah. that's pressure for me, but it's not like pressure to get to work, but it's yeah. pressure to like do good work. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's normal, right? It's human. It's, 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 it's like, it's, 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 it's always going to be there. Right. Cause if you feel, then you'll feel things. Um, but I, I'm I'm grateful for that pressure. There's some people who who one day just pray to get a speaking role. That's it. Their prayer is to get a speaking role, whether it's a one line, two lines. They just pray one day that they can say something in front of a screen and somebody will watch it on TV. But so so for my pressure to be, do I get on another wire? Like that's champagne problems. You know what I mean? That's champagne problems. Um, but I'm very grateful for my career. I'm very grateful for like the work I've been able to do and, and the fact that like, like even a kill and a beat, you know, like I was talking to a woman the other day and, and she was like, she's every year around the spelling bee time, she, she shows her children in her class. She's an educator. She shows her classroom a kill and a bee. And I'm like, that's, that matters to me. You know what I mean? Yes, like the young black girl, that's impact. The young black girl who won the the spelling bee, right? And she's like a genius, like to see her and like see Akila and, and know that Kiki Palmer inspired her, I'm sure, right? Like that's impact. That's stuff that you can't you, um, that that impact will last way, way after I'm gone. And I'm I'm like super, super grateful for doing work like that. And and that's the goal. That's I am pressured to do work like that, and it's a beautiful pressure. Oh, I love that kind of pressure. That's that's yes. meaningful pressure. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Huli, is there anything you want us to check out, us to be on the lookout for? We have an audience of who you knows. Oh, who you know our people. We are twenty thousand strong. So hopefully, yes. this will reach them um, all. Well, you know, I talked about that stuff and follow me on all my socials. I am Julito. But like what I really want them to know, like for real, all 20,000 is please continue supporting Shirley and please continue putting her in, in positions and to win because she is a talent. I know that 
she's going to do things that like change the world and impact the world in ways that we'll probably never know. So I, I want y'all to please keep supporting Shirley. And, and then if you want to watch my shit, that's cool too. <laughs> I love you, Lisa. I love you more. I love you more. I love you more. <laughs>